Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Welcome to episode number 47. We're excited. It's Scott Fishbowl week. We're going to try not to talk too much about Scott Fishbowl. It may be hard. But what we are going to do is we're going to invite someone on the show tonight that we've been chatting with during the Scott Fishbowl. It's Caleb Pearson from FFD260. His Twitter profile says he's Dak Prescott is a top 10 QB and David Njoku is the best tight end from his class. It's Caleb Pearson, everybody. Caleb, explain yourself. Dak hey, Prescott's a top 10 QB. Are you talking about this year in redraft, a dynasty top 10 QB? What do you, what do you think about Dak? Uh, Dak is a top 10 in redraft for me, and he's actually my QB6 in dynasty. So I'm, I'm a lot higher than, on him than most. Wow. QB6 in dynasty, Trey Barrett. Is that crazy? No, it's not. I like Dak. I actually do. I, I my, my, you know, I know we had a, a back and forth the other night about Dak versus golf and uh for me i really like what dak brings to the table i just think that he's been put in a really tough spot this year as far as the pass catchers there in dallas um but moving forward i i really uh i really like dak i've i've actually acquired him in um two particular dynasty leagues this off season where you know the the hate had gotten a little too strong so i i like dak i i don't think i you know what quarterback six and dynasty i don't think unreasonable at all i think that there's a, a real changing of the guard happening quarterback position in dynasty so i like it he's an sec guy how could i how could i dislike him oh, of course of course and i think people are sleeping on dak a little bit i think the hate's gone a little too far and people are a little bit too worried too much about what 2018 might look like for the dallas cowboys and not beyond what do you think will dak prescott where does he rank in among your dynasty qb rankings uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have him the the top ten, but he's not far off. And it kind of is like a mess in there anyway. With the way the NFL is changing now, I hesitate to be too much uh, like flag planty or or over enthusiastic about putting somebody really high. I think a lot we're seeing the it's almost like a coaching revolution with the way quarterbacks are used. I mean, compared you know Jared Goff rookie to sophomore year, look at that. It's just it makes a massive uh, difference if you have somebody who can use talent well. And so I think. Dak Prescott will be great when they get a new coaching staff in Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And me too. I, I, I like Dak quite a bit. I don't know that he, he's quite in the top 10, but he's probably close for me too. If I sit down and look at it, a lot of good QBs in this league. We looked at a lot of QBs um, when we were drafting in Scott Fishbowl this week, but, but we, we got a big announcement before we get into the show, before we tonight on the show, we're going to talk about offenses we're excited about and why we are going to play a little bit of, um, IBM presents You Make the Call, uh, Scott Fishbowl 8 edition. But before we get into those things, I want to turn the, the floor over to Trey Barrett. Because, Trey, you've got a very exciting announcement, uh, something the Fantasy Joes are doing, um, and, and we're, we're really stoked. Yeah, I do, man. And I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity. There's been some rumblings among the uh, listeners. There's been some discussion amongst the Joes about a listener league, right? We, we uh, kind of took the league by storm. Last year, we kicked off the podcast. We've been going for uh, not quite a year now. And uh, there was some some calling from the Fantasy Addicts support group for a listener league. And so with all of the Scott Fishbowl hoopla going on, we are announcing officially 
a uh, 2018 Fantasy Joe's Listener League. And the cool thing about this Listener League is that it is going to mimic Scott Fishbowl 8. So it's the very own Fantasy Joe's Bowl, all right? And essentially, it's going to be the same scoring, the same lineup. So all of the challenging decisions that you've uh, seen people tweeting about on Twitter, if you're following it all, um, all of the excitement. And and I think that there's a lot of listeners out there probably that aren't participating in Scott Fishbowl 8. And so this is your opportunity to participate in the same format. But I think the best part about this league is that we're going to be taking – it's going to be separate 12-team divisions that everyone's going to ultimately compete for a grand prize – but uh, each of those 12-team divisions that we fill will be donating $100 to Fantasy Cares. The league is going to cost $10. So $100 is going to go to Fantasy Cares. $20 is going to move forward into a pot that a winner is going to take. So we're going to raise a good bit of money for Toys for Tots. Uh, Fantasy Cares, for those of you who don't know, those of you that have been living under a rock, uh, is the, the um, charity that Scott Fish has put together to support primarily toys for tots. Um, and so we're going to be doing an incredible, incredibly great deed. Your $10 is going to go to, to uh, a wonderful cause, but wait, there's more because the winner of the fantasy Joe's listener league is not only going to win uh, the proceed, the other, the remaining proceeds, $20 per 12 team league. However many we're able to fill that person is also going to get a spot in Scott Fish Bowl 9 next offseason. So I am super, super excited. High. We've got Jake. Woo! Shout out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, shout out to MFL. MFL is giving us a deluxe league, like $160 value for free to set this up. Uh, Jake Anderson um, at NFL Draft Talker is going to put together a uh, banner for us for the league for free. I mean, it just it's incredible. The Dynasty community, Scott Fish, when we reached out was like, man, you guys, and, and I even asked him, is there a certain amount you want us to raise before you're willing to give us a spot? He said, man, no amount, just give a spot away. So I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a, not only a lot of fun, I think it's going to allow a lot of people that didn't get partic- to participate in this. So such, such challenging format to give it a whirl and at the same time help kids uh, and potentially win some money and, has, money and a spot in SFB nine and and also i want to say if one of the three joes wins the league if one of us which, which, which is, is going to happen so you know that's why it needs to be covered shout out to jake patterson because he he's, he could see it coming if if that happens then whoever finishes the, the next best finisher will receive the sfp spot so this is great and i, I want to say fantasy community you know dynasty community we rock we're up in our game uh, and i think you know we've been led by scott fish and i the, i want to uh, shout out to the guys of the falafel house podcast you know sal kevin steve they organized the potathon this week uh will and i jumped on the potathon participated in a small way so um so that was awesome that was a great thing and we're all like up in our game so this listener league is great because there's no limit as many people that want to join as possible that's great tell your friends tell your family um tell everybody because we we want to make this thing big um so no limits on the number of people that can join. You get to play in the Scott Fishbowl format, and it's a blast. If you're not playing the Scott Fishbowl now, this is going to be great. You're going to have fun with it. We're going to raise more money for Fantasy Cares, which is a fantastic cause. And you can win a spot in Scott Fishbowl 9. I mean, that's, that's 
awesome. So we're very excited about it. It's going to be a blast. Thanks to MFL, as Trey said, it's, this is going to be great. So uh, Trey, when does this get kicked off? When are we aiming to kick this league off? When's the draft? So by the time this podcast is released, there will be information on our Twitter account where you'll, so what you're going to do, the, the, the way that we're going to do this is you're going to PayPal $10 to my email address. Please earmark it for friends and family so that PayPal doesn't deduct a portion of that money. You're going to send that money to me via PayPal. Include in that message the email address that you would like the MFL invite sent to. As soon as I receive your $10, I'll invite you to MFL, add you to one of the divi- divisions. And basically, we're going to go up until the Hall of Fame game, which is on Thursday, August the 2nd. So about by the time this podcast drops, it's going to be about 19 days. And uh, we will, as many divisions as we filled, we'll, we'll get to the closest. We'll fill whatever we got to do to get that last division filled, get up to 12. And um, we'll kick this thing off the day of the morning of. It'll be kind of awesome. It's like the listener league is going to kick off. And it'll be the first official preseason football game that night. So, and that'll give us the, the basically the four weeks of preseason to get the draft wrapped up. It's going to be a best ball league. So you're not going to have to worry about setting lineups. Um, and then um, I'm going to put some details on the league itself to talk a little bit about the, the regular season and playoffs. But it's all best ball, no trading, no trading during the draft, no waivers. Basically, you're going to do a 25-round draft, uh, and uh, MFL is going to do the rest. And it'll be an absolute blast. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. No better way. I mean, this is our first listener league as a Fancy Joe's, and I couldn't – literally, I couldn't have painted a better storybook opportunity for us you know as a, as a as a very very young podcast kind of finding our way uh, i think it's an incredible you know the satellites are closed so these 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 opportunities like what we're able to provide here are some of the only ways you can guarantee yourself a spot in sfb9 this far in advance that's right yeah uh, the, even though there it's going to be 1080 i think next year in terms of spots i think scott was saying during the potathon that um over 6,000 people apply to get into Scott Fishbowl and a lot of other people into play that didn't realize they had to apply. So yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket. So, all right. So that's, that's the listener league. So um, check our Twitter handle at FF Joe's for details. A look at the show notes because the show notes of this podcast will have information, guide you to some information. So with, with, with that guys, now that we're excited about the listener league, let's get excited about some NFL offenses. Shall we? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about offenses we're excited about in the NFL and why. And I think to lead us off, let's go to our guest. Caleb, do you want to talk about the uh, one of the NFL offenses you're excited about and why? Uh, yeah, so um, the offense I'm most excited for in 2018 um, is going to be the Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, one of the main reasons I'm excited for this is they brought in uh, two new coaches, uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, former linebacker for the New England Patriots. Um, and the big reason, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, the OC, um, previously with the Rams in 2017, we saw what the 2017 Rams did, um, you know, one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Uh, we saw Jared Goff make uh, an, an amazing year one to year two leap, Todd Gurley. Um, and a lot of people will point the finger to uh, Sean McVay for being the reason behind this. But even if McVeigh had uh, a big part in this, LaFleur was still there uh, learning from him. And, you know, I'm sure he had a lot to take away from there. 
Um, and then in 2016, spent time with the Atlanta Falcons as the QB coach for Matt Ryan when we saw him go through that amazing 2016 season where he ended up winning the MVP and led him to the Super Bowl. So um, if you look at LaFleur's track record with QBs, um, he's done really good things, both in the pros and in college. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with Marcus Mariota this year. Um, I was a huge Marcus Mariota fan going into 2017 and was kind of burned by it. Um, but I think he's still got the upside. Um, I also love that they brought in Deion Lewis. I think they're going to have a better run game than they did two years ago. Um, and I love what it does for all my Corey Davis shares. So I think with a, with a new offensive coordinator, a new coach, um, you know, some new offensive weapons, I think we could really see this offense take a huge step this year, um, similar to maybe a 2016 Falcons, 2017 Rams, maybe not quite as big of a step, uh, but I'm really excited to see what we can get from the Tennessee Titans in fantasy football this year. I know a little known fact about um, Matt LaFleur. His brother, Peter LaFleur, led the average Joe's gym to the dodgeball championship. So there's really good coaching genes in that family. <laughs> Uh, Trey, what do you, what do you think about the Tennessee Titans and their, and their prospects in, um, this year? Are they going to, are they going to emerge? Are they going to bust out? Is Marcus Mariano going to take that step, become this elite dynasty quarterback? What about my guy, Corey Davis? Is this the year he's going to bust out and, and explode? You know, I, I like it. I think that Marcus Mariota is an outstanding, I, I think that I've seen, and I was trying to pull up because we've got live data here from the Scott Fishbowl and I was going to try and So Marcus Mariota was going as the 12th quarterback off the board. Um, or is going in, in SFB um, ADP. So I, I really do think that the, what, he, what he gives you with his legs and the, the weapons he has in the passing game there with Corey Davis, who I think is going to have an opportunity to take a real step forward. I mean, he had less than 400 yards receiving last year, so he obviously is going to hopefully take a step forward. But, you know, Delaney Walker, you know, Rashard Matthews, I think serviceable. I like Taewon Taylor a lot. I think that um, Jonu Smith is a weapon that's going to come around there. So I, I like the offensive coordinator change. The exotic smash, smash mouth uh, was about 15 years too late to the NFL party. So I think that the Matt LaFleur coming in with Marcus Mariota and all that he can do, I think that he's going to provide uh, some value in leagues this year. And, and I like it. I think that the, the Titans will um, – and, and I was trying to look up and see. I had a – uh, image here that showed the NFL. Where do you guys think Tennessee finished last year among NFL offenses in yards per game? I I think they were close to last, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they had to finish ahead of the Bears for one. So, so, so we're up to 31 anyway. They did finish better than the Bears. They finished 23rd at 300, 300, okay. 314 yards a game. 23rd. Um, so, but again, that you know, if you think, I mean, that's just Oh, just over 300 yards a game. That's not, it's not incredible. So there's definitely some, I think some significant uh, opportunity for improvement there. So, um, you know, the, those last, those bottom 10 teams are within 20 yards of each other. So I think there's some real opportunity. I think that there'll be a top half offense this year without a question. Yeah. A guy like Delaney Walker, like talk about tight ends for your dynasty team. You want to get an older guy, you know, maybe, maybe somebody that's trying to rebuild and you're a contender, you could get him from cheap. I think he's going to have a big year. Right, Will Greenwood, what do we think about Tennessee? Well, you heard it here first. This year's Rams from Caleb uh, is the Tennessee Titans, number one scoring offense in the NFL. Here we go. Well, I, I think I've been, I love this, this Titans hype train. I was looking it up because I wanted to double check before talking about it. Uh, when Marcus Mariona went down, uh, 
two years, like two years ago at the end of the season, that was week 15 with an ankle fracture that required surgery. And he also sprained his MCL. And that's according to the injury report on player profiler. Uh, and that's huge. You can't like, that's a big injury for a mobile quarterback and ankles don't heal quickly. There's not enough blood flow around there. It's going to take a long time. And I think that just threw that offense off from the get go last year. And then you had Corey Davis hurt. Yeah. They're trying to get all these pieces in that were working. And then the offensive line was getting banged up. And then Mariota strains his hamstring in week four, which hamstring strains were actually miss a game are a mess. And so that whole, I mean, they're just, they're, I think they're just primed for a good comeback. They all they did was add offensive weapons last year and they got worse. It was strange. Yeah, and Deion Lewis, that, the addition that that backfield is going to be going to be great. You know, Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis. It, it may not be great for, um, you know, for fantasy owners. It, it may be frustrating to own Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis, but I definitely think that, um, the, you know, the, those additions will be good for guys like Marcus Mariota. Wait, you're, you're missing the the best running oh, back in that of backfield course, from Wadley. How could I forget? <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> who's getting drafted in every or in my listener league best ball on the it's final good pick? Because if you look at the depth chart, we talked about this on a previous episode. That if somebody goes down, let's say Deion Lewis goes down, um, you know, obviously that'd be good for Derrick Henry, but I think it'd be good for Akron Wadley as well. I think he'd get some some playing time. He might be viable, maybe a flex play uh, if that happens. So, any other thoughts on the Titans, guys? Or, or um, Will, I, I kind of like your pick for exciting offenses. I mean, I don't like the team. But in terms of offenses from a fantasy perspective, I've, I've liked who you have put on the show sheet. <laughs> well, the other thing I was going to say is Rashard Matthew, Matthews is always criminally undervalued too. So, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to get any worse. I can still see him being the lead receiver in the, for Tennessee. Yeah, we, we, we've, and we barely talked about him, right? But we're, he's going to come up later on the show, I promise you. So we're, don't worry, we haven't totally <laughs> skipped Rashard Matthews. So, yeah, I mean, it's gonna, so the, my team, the offense that I'm really excited about and I feel isn't getting talked about enough, or at least, you know, you, you always – I guess this offense always is talked about because it has uh, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL on it. And that's the green Bay Packers. So the green Bay Packers had a horrible, horrible year last year, as far as it comes to fantasy and the way the team worked, because you had Jordy Nelson, who was this perennial like WR one when he was healthy, uh, be, you know, he really hurt your team when you drafted him. And so last year overall, and I didn't dive into how many defensive points or anything like that was scored, but just total team points in 2017, the Packers had 320. They had 25 passing touchdowns and 13 rushing touchdowns as a team. And 16 of those passing touchdowns were from Rodgers. So first of all, that, that passing offense, it's changed a lot this year. Uh, and you're not, you're still able to get these guys at, at huge values. Devontae Adams is going to stay where he is and only go, you know, only, only rise with time. I think when he uh, connects with Rodgers this year, but uh, the, the guys like Randall Cobb, even you, you haven't talked with these guys. I'm really high on Jimmy Graham. Uh, any of the Packers running backs, you just want a piece of this offense. And right now they're either like, I I can't see them getting much cheaper. They're dirt cheap. Uh, My, uh, so then then looking back to to kind of compare it when Aaron Rodgers was healthy in 2016, they had 40 passing touchdowns and 11 rushing touchdowns. And that was Rodgers had four of those rushing touchdowns. And 2016 was kind of like the last year of Eddie Lacy there, who that backfield again was a mess. They only had seven, uh, you know, running back rushing touchdowns, but their total scoreboard points were 432. So 112 more points overall. They're going to come back out this year with a vengeance, and they're going to they're going to win people fantasy championships with the way that those players are putting it up and where you're getting them. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. Uh, their defensive change and things like that. But man, I don't know. I, and I'm I'm a Vikings fan. I don't even like the Packers. I have to deal with a lot of Packers fans all the time. But for fantasy, I, I want I want every single part I can get at this offense because right now I think it's as cheap as it will ever be. Uh, and one last example is Superflex leagues going into 2017. You, like Aaron Rodgers is basically untouchable. 
and then you were actually able to acquire him. And then even the Scott Fishball and Superflex, he's fallen to the second round, you know, often enough. And that's just that's just crazy. And you know, he's his upside. Would you be that shocked if he threw forty five touchdowns this year? It's it's just it'll be so much fun. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Another guy to mention, um, and he's getting more hype. I, I think he's going to continue to climb in the hype because he used to be a guy you could get super late. Geronimo Allison, Geronimo Allison, the Illinois product. And I've jokingly referred to him as the maybe the only University of Illinois alum in the NFL that, that might be fantasy viable this year. That's Geronimo Allison. Caleb, what do you think? Would you take Aaron Rodgers in Dynasty or Dak Prescott? Um, I, I would still take Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I wouldn't let my Dak homerism get uh, too out of control because – uh, like you said, I think Aaron Rodgers comes back with a vengeance this year. Um, missed a lot of last year, and we just saw that offense kind of fell apart with uh, Brett Hudley under center. So I think Rodgers comes back with a full offseason to prepare, and he should finish as a QB1 this year pretty easily, I think. Trey, what haven't we covered with the Green Bay offense? Anybody you want to talk about? No, uh, I'll have to say I am a little nervous. I, I think that the uh, – Green Bay's always been kind of one of those offenses you can rely on to be up there. Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks you've always been able to rely on to, to be productive. But I think that this is the first year that I really kind of question the talent uh, as far as pass catchers. Um, I know that Jordy Nelson wasn't quite himself last year. Um, and, and I think that obviously Aaron Rodgers suffered and obviously he, um, his career, his career, his career ended last year. His, his year ended short last year. And I don't, do you guys remember? I know that he played seven games. I don't remember if he got hurt near the beginning or the end of that game. He's one for two in that game, I think. Okay. So he didn't hardly play that game. So he, um, last year in those seven games through 16 touchdowns and six interceptions, um, you know, he's not thrown double digit interceptions since 2010. So, you know, I I think that there are some change. This is nitpicking. Again, I'm not telling you Aaron Rodgers is not a good quarterback. But, you know, the days of Jordy Nelson um, being an elite NFL wide receiver are over. I think Devontae Adams is fine as a dynasty asset, but I don't think he's an elite wide receiver in the NFL. I think that he has upside. He's never had 1,000 yards receiving, right? So, I mean, he's been relying on touchdowns. I know that Randall Cobb's still there, and I think he could st- take a step forward. I know that Geronimo Allison is getting some buzz. I know they drafted 17 wide receivers in the last three rounds of the NFL draft this year. Um, and I, But I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned. And, uh, you know, I know their offensive line is a little bit better, I think, than it's been historically. I think they're in the top half of the league as an offensive line. I'm concerned about the pass catchers in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is has the ability – to make what I just said sound so foolish because he's that good as a quarterback, but he's also, you know, he's 34 years old, you know, I mean the potential to throw 45 touchdowns. Absolutely. Um, But you know, it's, it's really only been four years in his career that he's thrown more than 31 touchdowns. So, you know, I think that there's some questions, at least for me, Um, you know, it's been, you know, 2011, 45 touchdowns, 2012, 39, 2014, 38, and 2016, 40. All of those years, you had Jordy Nelson putting up monster numbers. So I, I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm, just, that's all I'm going to say. I, I think that a top, top ten if offense is within the, you know, expectations. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Packers and on offense in, um, 
in, in 2018 because their division's getting better. Minnesota has an elite defense. Chicago has a very good defense. Detroit is building things right. They're making some improvements defensively. So I don't know. We'll see. Should be interesting to watch. I'm not trying to throw shade. I just, I can't, I can't, couldn't not mention my concerns about their receiving core. Yeah, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine. I think they're going to be awesome. I think Aaron Rodgers could, you know, he could add some, you know, high school receivers on his team and he may make it work. So, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be good. Uh, it's, I mean, he does have Geronimo Allison, right? That's, a that's right, Geronimo Allison, exactly. So <laughs> you, you just talked about the Bears defense. They'll face the Bears, the, the it's Sunday night football. It's, it's the opening Sunday night football game. So we'll, we'll see how Green Bay fares against that Bears defense. The new addition, Roquan Smith. Caleb's written an article. It's on ffdynasty260.com on Roquan Smith. And that's kind of my trying to segue into the Chicago Bears. Dump Bears. I know it's a, it's a homer pick, and, and I put it on the show sheet when I saw the topic. Offenses were excited about and why. But I, I just – maybe it's too obvious, but, and I'm a Bears fan, admittedly. But I, I'm just super excited about this offense, not just as a fan, but also in terms of looking at them from a fantasy perspective. First of all, I, I know I harp on this all the time, but Dow Loggins, right? Not to be confused with his cousin, Kenny Loggins, right? The, the one thing they have in common, though, is, <laughs> is danger zone because he took that offense into the danger zone. He was named by ESPN. The, danger zone. The, the, where did he rank in play, play callers? Any, any guesses, guys? Where did, where did ESPN rank him? He was 32. He was the worst play caller in the NFL. So gone is that horrible coaching staff. And, and remember, Dow Loggins <laughs> is the guy that talked about how they couldn't get Tariq Cohen more involved in the offense because he was always, always double teamed. I mean, he couldn't figure out how to move them around the offense. They're one of the most exciting playmakers, right? Well, that's going to change. They've got a new coaching staff in town. It, it, Matt Nagy's in town and staff. They're going to introduce um, you know, the, the RPO concepts of the offense. Guess who ha- is, is familiar with that? Mitch Trubisky. He ran similar offensive schemes at University of North Carolina. So uh, I think Trubisky's going to take a big le- leap uh, Trubisky is more athletic than a guy like Jared Goff. I, I think he could be this year's Jared Goff because he, he's more athletic. He's definitely has at least as good an arm as Jared Goff, in my opinion. So I like Trubisky. I love the addition of Trey Burton. He knows the offense. He's shown flashes of being the real deal. Um, I think he could still get him relatively cheap. I, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be a top, top six tight end this year, guys. Um, they improved their offensive line. They drafted an Iowa product, Will, James Daniels, offensive lineman. First, he was projected as a first-round talent. They scooped him up in the second. That's right. So their offensive line is going to be great. It's going to, that's going to be good for Jordan Howard, who has tremendous vision. He may not be that special of a back, but the guy has vision. He is committed to receiving his um, – as a wide receiver – or not a wide receiver, as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, <laughs> they still have Tariq Cohen, and they're going to use him more effectively. Tariq Cohen is amazing. He's an amazing playmaker. That's an exciting duo in the backfield. Maybe – uh, I, I mean, I think they're both going to be great fantasy assets, uh, fantasy assets for fantasy. And then, of course, Allen Robinson coming into the fold. Taylor Gabriel may not be great for your team, uh, for your fantasy team, but he's going to be great for that offense and open things up. So I am very excited about the Chicago Bears, their offense this year. I think they're going to take a huge leap forward. It can't get any worse. So that's my team. That's the offense I'm excited about. Probably, uh, you know, it's obvious, but. The Chicago Bears. Who wants to jump in and talk about the Bears? Who loves the Bears this year? I uh, I actually had the Bears as my offense I was excited for this year, um, but I knew your Bears homerism would want to steal that from me, so I actually changed it to the Titans. <laughs> so, um, Caleb, I appreciate I'm that. I'm as equally as excited for them as you are. Um, I've actually been referring to 
Mitchell Trubisky as, uh, you know, this year's Jared Goff, too. Um, I also love just, you know, what the team is doing in general on defense. I think it's going to keep them in a lot more games. And I just think as a whole, this this entire team, offense and defense, is going to be a lot better. And you're also forgetting about one of the main reasons that they're going to be better this year, and that's uh, Kevin White. He's finally healthy. Oh, well, no, I'm not forgetting about Kevin White. I, I've kind of written him off, but um, man, I, I'll be thrilled. I hope I'm, I'm dead wrong about Kevin White. I, I really do. I, I hope he gives them anything. I hope he gives them anything. So we'll see. I mean, he's been motivated, I, I guess. Um, so um, what, what do you guys think about the Bears? I like it. I, I think that it's a, I think they're a popular pick for teams that will make some offensive strides this year. Um, I do think that uh, Trubisky is very talented. I like his athleticism, as you mentioned. I like Nagy and the creativity that he, I think, is going to bring to the table. Adding the weapons of A-Rob and uh, Taylor Gabriel and um, Trey Burton, who I'm a huge fan of, I think is uh, is going to give Trubisky a significant uh, increase in the weapons he had compared to last year. I'm, the one thing that I'm interested to watch with the Bears is going to be that backfield and how, you know, uh, Jordan Howard versus Tariq Cohen. You know, last year, Tariq Cohen was a revelation at the beginning of the football season. Uh, I think after two games, I was listening back to some old, our old podcasts, and after two games last year, I think he was tied for the league lead in receptions with Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, like strange stat. But, you know, I, I really think that Tariq Cohen is a mismatch. And I'm going to be very interested to see how Jordan Howard gets used, how Tariq Cohen gets used. And I think the Bears are going to be a, a pretty fun offense to watch in, in the coming year. That division really is shaping up to be quite competitive. Uh, what do you think, Will? What do you think about the Bears? Yeah, uh, you got to be excited for at least what they're putting in place there. I, I feel like this is going to be – I've talked about this briefly, but not every coach from the Andy Reid tree – is, is going to be successful. And I wonder which one of these guys is going gonna, is gonna to kind of flop eventually. Uh, and for Ryan's sake, it'll probably be Matt Nagy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think they're – because I don't think the Bears have gotten out of control prices either. So I don't have any skepticism about it just because they, they have basically all upside in front of them. I mean, their offense was terrible last year. Trubisky only threw seven touchdown passes. Uh, he, he also had – can anybody guess what his uh, – this is kind of a fun stat. What was Trubisky's uh, longest run of the year last year? Three yards. I think he had some decent runs. I'm, I'm trying to recall. I, I'm, I'm not sure, though. It's, uh, I'm dying to know. 70. 70 yards. Oh, it's wow. The, it's the Panthers uh, on October 22nd. Oh, that's right, because he almost scored on that play. I think he was just short of the inside, if memory serves. That's where he threw, he threw seven passes for four completions, and they won 17-3. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I do think so. I think that offense is just going to be better in general. And I think that's just for like for redraft. Definitely. I think you know, I could see Jordan Howard being a huge value. It's hard to buy into those kind of guys long-term, but what more do you want from a guy like Jordan Howard? He's been producing on a bad team and now they look like they're going to get better. They didn't draft anybody. You know, Tariq Cohen's there, but Jordan, you can't have, he's never going to be Todd Gurley anyway. So I think it's a good time to go get him. At least if you get two, you know, two more good years out of Jordan Howard, that's a huge win for your team. Let's do one more offense, guys, because, Trey, I don't think you've mentioned your offense you're excited about. And you, I think you might have a few. You need to narrow it down to just one. Who are you going with? Man, that's rough. The one I'm going to highlight is one that I think probably a little bit is, is not being discussed the way it potentially should be, and that's the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Denver Broncos, I think, in a lot of ways have, have done a, a complete makeover from the offense that we saw in 2017 to 2018 
the offensive coordinator in Denver is Bill Musgrave. And whether that name sounds familiar to you or not, uh, he took over last year, about halfway through the year, they had lost six games in a row and the previous offensive coordinator was relieved of duties. Musgrave took over and uh, really didn't change a whole lot because the offense he runs was quite different from the offense being run previously. So he's had an entire off season. Um, Bill Musgrave, I don't know, you guys remember 2016 Oakland Raiders before Derek Carr got hurt. He was like at the forefront of the MVP race in the NFL. Remember that Derek Carr who really struggled in every other season in the NFL that was under the tutelage of Bill Musgrave uh, as his offensive coordinator. Bill Musgrave comes out of the Shanahan and Gary Kubiak West Coast offense. Kubiak's still there kind of as an advisor to the franchise. They brought in Case Keenum, who I think is kind of a, a perfect quarterback to run the West Coast offense. I think we saw what he can do last year uh, when, when he's not expected to do Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady things, but just manage an offense. You've got two elite uh, and even though their age is increasing, I think that their ability to produce is there. Uh, wide receivers in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. There's a, some tight ends. I think Jake Butt has an opportunity this year to really become a serviceable. He's kind of a, a dark horse for me to be a serviceable tight end this year. And a guy that I really like in Royce Freeman that they took in the NFL draft that I think could be a workhorse back. Uh, I think that Denver – they, their offensive line, I think, is going to be above average to good. And I think that there's a real opportunity there for that offense to take some strides. I think that Case Keenum, Royce Freeman, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius Thomas, all four of them, I think all four of those main cogs of this offense will likely outproduce their ADP and redraft in the coming season. So I think those are all guys that I'm looking to add that will produce greater than where they're taken. I agree. And those guys, especially those wide receivers, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, those are guys you can get dirt cheap in your dynasty leagues because people are starting to fade on Demarius Thomas and, and Emmanuel Sanders. The, the, he just he really hasn't gotten any respect for the past several years, in, in my opinion. So I, I really like that call. That, that's the way to get some cheap assets to help your contender. Caleb, what do you think? What, what do you think of the Denver Broncos? Um, I, I really like the Denver Broncos this year. Um, I think they were smart to bring in Case Keenum um, rather than go out and spend a lot of money on someone like Kirk Cousins. Um, Demarius Thomas seems like he's the most underrated wide receiver one year after year. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of comparisons of uh, Emmanuel Sanders as the 2018 Adam Thielen. So I think there's some nice flex appeal there with with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm not as big on the Royce Freeman, um, Devontae Booker backfield as most. I'm still a little skeptical of that. Uh, but as far as uh, their quarterback and uh, receiving options, I, I think they're in for a really good year. And Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are two guys I've been targeting for cheap for a couple of my contenders because I think they'll provide solid wide, wide receiver two and wide receiver three play. I'm trying to remember who it was that we had on the show. <clears throat> I, th I think someone that we had on the show said this. They were talking about Royce Freeman. And I asked them, well, or I said, what am I not with Royce Freeman? Is it seems like he doesn't do anything unbelievably well. He doesn't have any outstanding traits. But what this guest said was that he has great vision and you can't teach vision. And he could be like a Jordan Howard this year. Obviously, he has got you know higher draft capital than Jordan Howard. But um, I, th I thought that was kind of interesting. I, know, I don't think that Denver Broncos line is as good as that Bears offensive line was when Jordan Howard came into the league. But anyway, um, Will, what do you think of uh, Denver? Well, I know I know his Elliot Chris was one of the guys that was uh, 
said that uh, Jordan Howard had Matt Forte's vision without any other of the traits of Matt Forte. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely was, right. which I think is, I mean, that matters in the NFL and they, they came from his own team in college and into his own, and it will be his own team here in Denver. It's the little things that I think you can, you can definitely talk yourself into uh, Freeman pretty, I think pretty easily. Uh, overall as an offense, I think they're going to take a slight step forward. I actually don't expect a massive, I mean, their, their values because people aren't drafting them very high, but I, I would say t- like, Temper your expectations a little bit. I mean, Case Keenum is is okay. He, I don't think he's anything great or anything that's going to like revamp this offense and change the world for them. I mean, I, I, he had a really good year in Minnesota. They had a really elite defense. They put him in really good spots. Uh, there was often times where he would struggle when he had to make some big plays, get some bad luck in the playoffs too. Uh, but anyway, I don't. I just don't think that he's going to be this catalyst to to change everything around for the Broncos uh, to where these guys are going to be. I don't, I don't think Demarius Thomas was a you know wide receiver one. I could see him as like, you know, number 18, but again, you're, you're drafting him for that. So I think they're just, I mean, I guess it's an offense where you can target some people and get some good values at, but uh, I, I, you see, I don't know. I just feel like you see him going higher when people ride the hype train. I think when we get closer to the season and you see one flash or a couple articles coming out of OTAs about how Royce Freeman's crushing it or Case Keenum looks like a stud, these guys' values are going to go up for sure. And at that point, I'm going to, I'm going to start backing off pretty hard. I want to tell you real quick when you're talking about these guys, I just looked up their ADP in the Scott Fishbowl, right? So this is this is kind of real real time data for right now, and and you know quite a few sharks you know in this league, um, and this is a super flex league. Case Keenum is quarterback twenty five in that ADP. Royce Freeman is running back twenty five. Demarius Thomas is wide receiver eighteen, and Emmanuel Sanders is wide receiver forty two. So you're talking about guys that are being drafted not to start in a super flex league and running back that's not to, to be but a flex and wide receivers that are be taking as a, as a mid-tier wide receiver too and basically a flex wide receiver. So that, that's kind of just, just kind of puts a little bit of, you know, again, I, I looked at this more of a, from a fantasy perspective, not as much from an NFL offense perspective, but I think those numbers kind of help you gauge where you I, I think uh Keenum I, I don't remember where he finished last year not to look that up but um anyway I just think that helps provide a little context to you know where they're where they're going real time guys this is kind of exciting because I want to introduce, introduce a segment that I hope will be a mainstay of the fantasy Joes I hope this is going to be a segment that we continue to repeat again and again we're bringing back one of the classics if you ever watched Muddy Net football in the 80s or 90s you might remember hearing this. Turn for the fourth quarter, but right now, this word from our local station. IBM presents You Make the Call. That's right. We have, thanks to our, our sponsor, IBM, we have You Make the Call, Scott Fishbowl 8 edition. So what we're going to do in this segment is we are going to talk about some challenges that we faced when we were on the clock. And these are challenges that you might face when you play in the Fantasy Joes Bowl because it's the same format, right? Uh, depending on where you pick, you're going to face these same types of decisions. So, and you might face them in your redraft league this year as well. So this is applicable to everybody, not just people that, that played in Scott Fishbowl that are going to play in the Fantasy Joes Bowl, which all of our listeners are. I know you are. So it's relevant to you. The draft starts in about 17 days. So the first call, guys, Marvin Jones or Corey Davis? Trey Barrett, you make the call. Yeah, this is a pretty – Pretty tough call when you are so accustomed to being in the dynasty mindset, which we are, 
and that Corey Davis love kind of takes over and that hype and the opportunity and the upside and our hopes. And then you remember, oh, uh, Marvin Jones was a wide receiver one last year, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. He's increased his receiving yards each of the last four seasons, 700, 800, 900, and then 1,100 yards last year. I think that he's cemented himself. I, I Golden Tate gets more targets, but Marvin Jones is an elite, not just speed, but also um, elite at catching the ball, contested catches. I think that he was, you know, he averaged three yards of separation last year in routes run and was number one in the league in uh, yards per catch at 18. I like Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones, honestly, for me, is probably the safer floor and maybe even the higher ceiling. I like Corey Jones. I think that in two years, 24 months from now, it's going to be Corey Jones and it's going to be maybe not close. But for right now, from a redraft perspective, and you know this because I told you, I, you know, Marvin Jones for me, I just took him. I, this is, I just took Marvin Jones and SFB8 ah, over, nice. over Corey Davis. Yeah, and I did the same. I was on the clock. This, this was me and, well, and Trey now. And, and we talked about it. And as much as I like Corey Davis as, as a dynasty asset, and he certainly could outperform Marvin Jones, I want the guy that's tied to the better quarterback. And I think that's Matthew Stafford. And I, I, I just think you're right. I think that the, he offers the same type of ceiling this year that Corey Davis does. And I think his floor is probably better. So, Will Greenwood, you make the call. Oh, uh, give, me, give me a 360 – uh, in between the legs, Cole Beasley slam dunk for Marvin Jones. All right. And Caleb Pearson, you make the call. You advocated for the Tennessee Titans offense, how you're excited about them. Are you going to go Corey Davis or are you going to go Marvin Jones? I still think I'm going to give it one more year um, with the new OC. I, I would take Jones this year. Uh, Dynasty is obviously Davis, but I think Jones is just a tad safer, um, which I think is what we decided last night when you took Jones over Davis. So I'm still going Jones over Davis and redraft. Nice. Okay. Very good. So next one, um, you make the call. Let's talk about Andrew Luck or Dak Prescott for this year. <laughs> Andrew Luck or Dak Prescott. This was a choice that Caleb was facing when he was on the clock. And uh, Trey Barrett, AT&T, or not AT&T, IBM presents you make the call, or in television presents you make the call. <laughs> uh, who, who would you go, Andrew Luck or Dak Prescott? Oh man, this is really tough. But for me, I'm going to take the upside of luck. I, you know, express the concerns that I have over the Cowboys pass catchers. You know, I think Jason Witten not being there is, is an underrated loss. I think Des Bryant, Des Bryant not being there is an underrated loss, even though he wasn't the, the same Des Bryant uh, that he was a few years ago when he was a top three dynasty pick. Uh, but I just think that the pat just, just like I mentioned with the Packers, although this is like exponentially greater, the pass catchers there are just not ideal. I think that Dak Prescott can do, do some things on the ground. I think that Zeke Elliott, you guys know I said Zeke Elliott's my running back one for 2018. I'm going to stand by that. I think he's going to catch 60 to 70 passes this year. But I just have a hard time seeing Dak Prescott ceiling this year. And Andrew Luck, as we know, if he comes back and he's right, he's a top five quarterback. So I would just have to, for me, I would take, and I did, I drafted. I don't remember if Dak was on the board, to be honest, um, when I took Andrew Luck. But I, I put my money where my mouth is again. I took 
Andrew Luck as my second quarterback. Again, for the upside. I was, I, you know, for me in SFBA, it's, there's 900 people. Like, you, you can have your safe floors. Give me, give me some upside. Will Greenwood, you make the call. Uh, I'll take Andrew Luck. I think also his rushing is underrated. Yeah, I, I took Andrew Luck as well. If I'm going to make the call, I take Andrew Luck. But Caleb, you were actually on the clock, and you had this decision. So what did you do? Uh, so when I was on the clock, I already had Tom Brady as my QB1. Um, 11 other quarterbacks were selected at this point. Um, and I, I did end up taking Dak Prescott over Andrew Luck um, as the 12th quarterback off the board. Andrew Luck ended up falling as the 16th quarterback off the board. Um, at 5.10, which is crazy value for any quarterback in this setting or uh, this setup. Uh, but I took Dak Prescott just because I'm a big believer in him. Uh, two top 10 finishes uh, to start his career. And, and like Trey said, if Andrew Luck is healthy and if he returns to what he was, he could be a top five quarterback. But um, I know we're shooting for upside with the, being 900 people, but I just something was telling me to stay away, and uh, I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I've got Dak ahead of Luck in dynasty rankings right now, mostly due to the injury of Luck. So I ended up taking Dak over Luck. Your Honor, permission to question the witness, Caleb? Can you can you confess? Are you a Cowboys fan in any way, shape, or form, or is this just Dak Prescott? I, I, I'm actually I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan at all. Um, I li- I like Dak going into the draft in 2016. He was he was very under the radar, but I thought it was a, yeah. a nice spot to land. We saw Tony Romo wasn't always the figure of health and was getting older. Um, and I'll admit I jumped on the bandwagon in 2016 when he was just having a phenomenal rookie year. But I stood by him last year, and I'm going to stand by him. I've stood by him this long, so not a not a Dallas fan, just a just a diehard Dak Prescott fan. Yeah, no, I like him. I, I think that's a good call. Okay, so this is the last uh, one I've got. You guys might have uh, you make the call. So how about two of the three? You make the call. Nelson Aguilar, Rashard Matthews, Kenny Stills. Two of the three. Nelson Aguilar, Rashard Matthews, and Kenny Stills. Trey Barrett, you make the call. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty appropriate. I just get this out of the way. This is a very easy decision for me. I know that my dynasty uh, aspect is kind of coming into play a little bit, but um, it's very easily Kenny Stills and Nelson Aguilar for me. Kenny Stills, we've talked about. He's a value. I think he's going to continue to be a value. I'll buy him in every league that I can, every startup, every salary cap league, every redraft league or MFL 10 that I do. I think with 160 targets, I mean, he was a, I think wide receiver 26 last year. He's going as like wide receiver 50 or maybe even lower. He might be even like wide receiver 60, but just immense value. And there's 160 targets that have been vacated in Miami. So even though I do expect some progression from Devontae Parker, love Kenny Stills and then Nelson Aguilar. I, I mean, I, I'm not a big Alshon Jeffrey believer. I know he's talented. I know he's done it before when he was hyper-targeted. Um, but I think that Nelson Aguilar uh, could potentially this year begin to assert himself as the number one target in that offense. I think that his his big play and touchdown upside, I mean, I think that he really struggled those first couple years in the league. I think last year made some great strides, and I think this year he could continue that ascension. So uh, Rashard Matthews, I think, for me, is third in that team in targets. The only one year of really, really good production he had was when the, the other than Delaney Walker, the pass catchers in um, 
Tennessee were uh, Tajay Sharp and Kendall Wright. So I think with Corey Davis there now and Delaney Walker, Rashard Matthews is third on that team in targets. Will Greenwood, you make the call. Aguilar, Matthews, or Stills? I'm going to take Matthews and Aguilar just because of the – the uh, Aguilar just because of the offense. I don't agree uh, at all with the, the Aguilar versus Jeffrey take. I think Jeffrey's an alpha dog and has proven, unless he's been banged up, that he is quite, quite an elite producer. So that's uh, but I think that offense can support two wide receivers. And I don't know. I don't know about Miami's offense. I just don't. I mean, I'd rather just. Stand, I don't even think. I think Stills returns value. It's not going to be value enough to where you're going to be like, yeah, I got Kenny Stills. He was a wide receiver four. Like a wide receiver three, he helped me win a championship. Whereas, like, I could see Aguilar uh, being a wide receiver two on a high powered offense like the Eagles. Caleb Pearson, you make the call. Oh, man. I like all three of these guys late, um, but I'll have to go Nelson Aguilar and Kenny Stills. Um, I like Aguilar just because it's a high scoring offense. Um, you know, he's got that deep threat to catch a 60 yard touchdown pass. Um, and then I like Kenny Stills with all the vacated targets that left town. Uh, someone's got to catch balls there. And uh, I've never been a huge Devontae Parker truther. So I've been scooping up Kenny Stills a lot of places. And I, th- I think he could be a sneaky, you know, 800-yard guy. Um, and I like Rashard Matthews, but with Corey Davis finally healthy and Delaney Walker, Deion Lewis, I-, I think we start to see him fade a little bit this year. Yeah, so th- this was my decision d- just just today as we we're recording this. I was on the clock. I wanted to take two of these three wide receivers. I like them all. But I did go with Aguilar, and I went with Kenny Stills. So in the Scott Fishbowl uh, format, the scoring last year, Aguilar was the number 19 wide receiver, and Kenny Stills was number 26. And, and I, I only think that Kenny Stills is, is going to have a better year. And I, I acknowledge that Matthews could outperform both of these guys, but that's why it was a tough choice for me. So I really do like them all. I, I, I like each, each of these wide receivers. But I just felt Aguilar in particular was a great value there. Because I do think that offense can support multiple receivers, not just Alshon and Nelson Aguilar, but also Zach Ertz, of course. But I do worry about Alshon. Um, well, I think you're right. But the thing, you know, is, is just Alshon just seems to get nicked up and can't stay healthy. And, and I lived through this as a Bears fan when he was on the Bears. So I don't know. I, I think Aguilar is a, is, is a good value. Definitely my number one of, of the three. Yeah, and Alshon, I mean, Alshon was not very efficient last year. And he, had, I mean, if, again, it's a new team and a new offense. But if you just go without injury and he stays, you know, he's good to go and that shoulders, I mean, he, I don't know. It's just his production, the pass has just been so monster. It's, it's, I have to take that. Yeah, but the problem is in the past, he's only had 2013 and 2014. He had 1,400 and 1,100 yards. The last three years, 800, 820, and 780. Last year, on 25 less targets, Nelson Aguilar had 20 less receiving yards and one less touchdown. So Nelson Aguilar was significantly more productive on the targets he got last year. He's the up-and-coming asset on that team. And I just think that, you know, if, you, know you said if he can stay healthy, if he can avoid the Knicks. And I think that's the problem with Alshon Jeffrey is he just hasn't been able to do that. I think that, the, you know, those seasons that he put up those monster years, he got almost 145 and 148 targets. So last year with 120 targets, which is almost in the same territory, he couldn't even break 800 yards. So I think that Alshon, Alshon's a sell for me in Dynasty, and it would not surprise me one bit if Aguilar outproduced Alshon this year in, in um, Philadelphia's passing offense and took over the role 
I mean, I think Zach Ertz ultimately, I mean, last year, Zach Ertz had 10 less targets than, than Jeffrey. So it's an offense that's going to kind of spread it around. But I just think that Alshon is, um, I know they signed him in a three-year deal and there's a lot of guys that are fans of him and he wasn't quite right physically last year. Um, and obviously, you know, my uh, history of claims on players shows that there's a 90% chance I'm wrong. But I, I just I'm I'm not a fan of Alshon. I don't I'm not a I'm not one to have him really on any of my teams. Yeah, and I, I get it. I don't I don't think, but I don't feel like you you can get a lot for Alshon right now. I've had him in a couple of places and tried uh, moving him in, in deals, and he just you know people are just disrespecting Alshon. I mean, he's six three, two hundred eighteen pounds, and I get you know it's one hundred twenty targets, and only caught fifty seven of those, which is terrible. I mean, that's not don't get me wrong, uh, but it, it, I, I can see that only going up with another year with Carson Wentz and that offense and what they're going to do. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a, he's a, he's a size, he's fast, he's big. He runs good routes. It's just a, I mean, I guess, yeah, if he gets nicked up, but give me the upside of that versus uh, Aguilar, I think has shown quite a bit of what he is. And last year was his peak of what he's done so far. And you maybe takes the next step forward and, and proves me wrong. But again, I've kind of, I'm trying to transition this uh, kind of like I've stopped buying into like trying to project these guys into this, 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 these one tiers or even like the high twos uh, versus taking these guys that have been ones in the past and have shown that they can be. And so that's why I think like for me, it's, that's why I, I just am sticking with Alshon. I'm not even that big of a fan of Alshon, but I still think he's an alpha dog in that offense. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't fault you for, for, no, yeah. for you, know, you know, for wanting to That doesn't bother me. Uh, but that's just kind of my, that's my, my thoughts are. Yeah. Well, the other concern with Jeffrey, he's 28. The guy turns 29 in February and look at that. Look at what's happening to Julio Jones and AJ Green's value. And those guys have produced monstrous. Those guys production is, is, has exceeded Alshon's uh, significantly as far as the numbers of number of years that they put up that production and, and they're starting to really slide. So, you know, this time next year, Alshon Jeffrey's going to be a 29 year old wide receiver going into the uh, season in which he's going to turn 30 right at the end of the year. So I think that, you know, it, even if, even if the get out point isn't great, I mean, I, I think that the fact that it's been three consecutive years that Alshon hasn't put up 800 yards receiving is very concerning. Wait, he, he's put um, up I'm 800 sorry, yards a, all three years in a row, or except for this year, he did 807, put up barely 800 yards. But for a guy that's going in the third round of dynasty startups right now, um, yeah, I mean, I think third round's way. I think that's a little early for sure. But it, either anyway, if you're going to make any argument for him, I think it's the fact that he played all of last season with a torn rotor cuff and was still able to put up 800 yards. And the Eagles are giving him close to 30 million dollars. Um, I'm selling him where I have him. Um, I just sold him about a month ago. Um, I packaged him, and I think like. Uh, DK Metcalf for Julio Jones, and I was just totally pumped about that. Um, so I, I think it's a good time to sell. I still think he's the alpha dog over Aguilar for at least one more season, but uh, I, I, th- I think for the most part, I'd have to agree he's probably a sell. So, Caleb Pearson, thanks for joining us tonight. Tell our listeners where they can find you and your work. Um, so, on Twitter, I'm at Pearson. 242 FF. Um, most of my work is on uh, FFD 260. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for uh, having me on the show tonight. It's, it's been a blast chatting with you guys for like the last two hours now. Um, and I, I hope to jump back on again sometime in the future with you guys. 
Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And we pulled Caleb into our, we had a little Scott Fishbowl strategy chat going on. So the four of us have been chatting really nonstop. Uh, <laughs> the past My phone has been blowing up. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so thanks. No, thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And we'll put a link to your Twitter handle and your work in the show notes. So if you, if you want to find Caleb's articles, you want to read about Roquan Smith, you want, you want to read more about, I think you got a Dak Prescott article, right, Caleb? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, read about Dak, read, read all that stuff. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes. So we want to thank listeners for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. Contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Also, where you can find information about the Listener League in the show notes of the show and at FFJoes. The Fantasy Joe Bowl. Win a spot into Scott Fishbowl 9. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly, very early Mondays with new episodes in the summer. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. The Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joe. Oh, my, my. Fantasy Joe Bow. It's like the fishbowl, but Joes. You get it? The FJB oh, one.